The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Jim Hedger from Digital All Waves Media and Dave Davies from ESOC SEO. And you listen to Webcology on Thursday, August 11th, 2011. we got a great guest today. We have uh, Search Engine Watch regular and Las Vegas SEO queen, Christine Sashinger, coming on in about 10 minutes to talk about ripoff report and hackers and uh, hashtag fucking Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but first, how you doing this week, Dave? I am. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to next week and uh, just trying to cram in as much work as I can between now and then. Excellent. What's next? What's next week? Ne- next week. Next week. That would be. <laughs> you're going to San Francisco. I am probably my uh, my well. You know, there's there's a lot of great events. I was going to say it, it's probably my favorite of them, but uh, uh, that's really tough, say that. as you know. I, I know, I know, and they each have their own charm, um, and, and and they each have their own thing, right? Love Toronto, love Chicago, love New York. Um, I guess maybe it's because the the California show was the first one I attended back in two thousand six, that it's got a you know warm spot in my heart. But uh, yeah, it, it is lining up to be a fantastic show, so I'm really looking okay, forward not, to it. I mean, this one this one has charm. This one kind of has mega charm because it's the mega show. Um, this is Search Engine Strategy San Francisco slash Connected Marketing Week, formerly known as Search Engine Strategy San Jose, uh, arguably the largest of the Search Engine Strategies uh, conference series. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was at the first Connected Marketing Week last week, or I'm sorry, last year. It was amazing. Um, this year is going to be great. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. I'm it's a shame. Going- Calgary and no, I'm going to Calgary instead. I'm going to a dude. <laughs> really? I don't consider this a lateral, but uh, I hope you have a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm gonna have a great time. I'm going to my little brother's wedding instead. I actually leave for Calgary about an hour after the show ends. Oh, fantastic! All right, all right, you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time, but you will be missed. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be missing a lot of stuff, including the Webmaster Radio Search Bash. So, you know, anyone who's going to be going to SES uh, San Francisco or Connected Marketing Week, go to searchbash.com. Get on the list for uh, Search Bash. If you've been, you know you got to go again. If you haven't been, friends, you got to see this shit to believe it. Um, I have no idea what, what Darren and Brandy and, and Brasco have planned for this Search Bash. That's actually kind of a hint, Brasco. Um what are you guys doing for Search Bash this year? Your guess is as good as mine. All I know is that uh, when I had to put up the uh, audio production for this, uh, they do want to go with a hate Ashbury kind of like, um, I don't know, if it, I guess maybe a psychedelic kind of theme to it. They want to go back uh, 
get that whole trippy kind of feel to it? Hippie kind of feel to it? <laughs> um, what what day is Search Bash? Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, 9 p.m. at 10.15 okay, so Folsom. there's actually going to be, like, conference stuff the next day, huh? Yeah, but uh, the <laughs> keynote is on Tuesday morning. I don't think they have a keynote on Wednesday morning. That's probably why. I think they have uh, something. Actually, they might have something at 9 o'clock in the morning that day, so I don't know. Well, you know, my recommendation for uh, for the, the next day after Search Bash is, you know, clear your decks. At least clear your morning. Um, and those spiders uh, crawling out of the undulating walls, don't sweat them. They're just part of the scenery. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a good time. It's always a spectacle. Yeah. Um, okay, it's been, a, uh, it's been a pretty crazy week. And, you know, Dave, we could... Um, we could jump right into it and just talk about it, you and I, but we do have a really fabulous guest who's waiting in the wings. Um, I know she's present on Skype right now. Um, Brasco, she's actually looking for you to, to, to um, get on the air. Uh, Christine Schackinger. Did I get that right? I'm going to go. We're, we're adding her right now. Hello? Hello? Can you hear Is me that, okay? Is that Christine? Yes, this is. Uh, Christine, this is FedEx calling. Um, you've got <laughs> a free trip to Nigeria. Oh, yay. I'll be on the plane tonight. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We just need, um, we just need your banking information and um, $500,000 to be sure your ticket is good. Oh, great. Can I give it to you right now? <laughs> yeah, if you could just get your credit card out, um, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> that number is one 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 two two two. Christine Schechinger <laughs> from Las Vegas is joining us on uh, Webcology today because really we have nothing to talk about that she hasn't been talking about a hell of a lot on Facebook and at Search Engine Watch and um, out there in Twitterland and possibly in Google Plus. I'm not sure. I'm not no, not much. How are you doing, I'm good. How are you guys today? Excellent. Um, you know, actually, really amused. I was a lot better on Tuesday when I was uh, so amused to see that ripoff report had like disappeared from Google. But you know, yeah, good the last. <laughs> yeah, that was just a fancy trick, wasn't it? <laughs> Why don't we start there? You were all over it on Tuesday on Facebook, and Dave, you had an article in Search Engine Watch today um, on what happened with the ripoff report. So, um, you know, I'm going to put it to uh, Christine first. Christine, what happened with the ripoff report? Well, I think Dave's article covered all a lot of the possibilities, um, but one, I didn't know, uh, Dave, I didn't get to read it as thoroughly. Well, do a Did quick you background for folks who, who don't actually know what happened. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Ripoff reports disappeared from Google SERPs, um, which we all thought was a final justice for ripoff reports, <laughs> but apparently not because <laughs> it came back that night <laughs> and appears it was removed um, by its own webmaster tools. So uh, where you can uh, have a page removed from uh, your search engine results. But uh, Dave, did you cover the possibility that um, there was that hack that was exposed uh, that you could actually get in and take out anybody through Google Webmaster Tools? Um, you know what? I, I've covered that previously. I didn't cover it in this one. They had uh, reportedly um, repaired that very, very, very quickly. 
Um, when it first came out, we were chatting, uh, I guess, about two weeks ago. Uh, we were chatting about uh, about that hack. Reportedly, Google has has repaired that. That was within, uh, I'd say, about 24 hours of probably less, actually, um, of the hack being found. But you know what? A, a lot of our listeners won't know. Do you want to... Why don't you, you fill us in on I mean, just an interesting sort of side note? Um, why don't you fill us in on on what that hack is that uh, that we're referring to and the ability to take out websites you don't control? <laughs> actually, on that one, you might have to do fill in more. I didn't actually read in depth on that gotcha. story that morning, so I just know that there was a hack that was available that made it so that in your webmaster tools, if I have it correctly, you could actually hack into and take out anybody's website with the uh, remove page or remove site from Google SERPs. There, you, you know what? That's as good a summary as any. <laughs> so, so the buff report disappears is on Tuesday and reappears on Wednesday, leading people to believe that it was, and Google reports that it was a mistake they made in Webmaster Tools, that that ripoff report made in Webmaster Tools. Now, um, for folks who don't know who the ripoff report is, and you know, not wanting to, to slander anybody, but... Um, there's a lot of folks out there who would suggest very strongly that the ripoff report and the owners thereof are like, you know, scumbags because, well, they take reports, regardless of where they come from on businesses, um, often bad businesses, hence the name ripoff report, and they publish them. Now, you don't have to be credible. You don't have to have proof. Hell, you don't even have to be literate to post something to the ripoff report. And, and you know, like if your business gets put on ripoff report. Well, they'll gladly review the report and remove it if you give them a Oh, no, no, wait. They so. do not remove it. They will never remove the report. Oh, but they will they'll they'll review and perhaps amend it if you give them $8,000? Um, they say they'll amend it, but very rarely have I seen an amended report. I work in online reputation management as well. Um, generally so, they'll just comment that it was it was or was not found to be uh, based it's either base or baseless, basically. They don't give a lot of detail. So, you know, a lot of people out there who might want to suggest that the people behind the ripoff report are like, you know, blood-sucking scumbags might, 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 ha- might have a reason for saying this. Not that we would at Webmaster Radio. No, and 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 uh, <laughs> I think it's more the issue that it ranks so well than anything else because, um, and it has been used in various instances to, um, you know, competitively to hurt people's websites um, with erroneous information, but it's because it can outrank somebody, even somebody's own site. I think is the big problem people have with it. So it's the importance Google puts on it, maybe, that okay. is the bigger issue. So in some cases, uh, again, for folks who aren't familiar, the ripoff report can come up in the SERPs, much like a Wikipedia listing can come up, um, often in the top ten. Right. Um, and again, this is these are almost always really damaging reports, not always true. So it disappears, it comes back, um, could be a hack, could be a mistake they made themselves. Uh, Dave, why do you think it was weird that they came back so quickly? Well, there's there's some some obvious weirdness with their ability to come back that quickly, and I kind of touched on it in the article. It, it'd be nice if if my site was that powerful, <laughs> and, and that you know your site was was that powerful. Um, it was clearly a 
I mean, there's there's a variety of reasons, as I touched on in the article, but um, there's a variety of possible ways that this could have happened, and they haven't. And fair enough, they haven't been really forthcoming as far as you know, hey, so and so did this or or whatnot. And you know what? Fair enough. There's things that, as a corporation, you kind of go, you know what? Yeah, it, the screw up was on our end, but hey, we we can't we don't really want to reveal how that how that happened, so it hopefully doesn't happen again. Um, you know, but. Um, coming back that quickly, I think is is just more a function of of their power. I mean, this this got the attention of um, you know Matt cuts. It got the attention of of some of the the higher ups at, at Google. So as soon as they repaired the problem, like isolated and repaired it, yeah, it was less than twenty four hours, and bingo, they're they're back in again. So. Um, you know, one has to weigh off that, that sort of duality. I understand why Google has to do that sort of thing, but gee, wouldn't it be nice if it was just a, a perfectly level playing field? But the fact is, it's 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 Animal Farm, right? There's people that are, or, or sites that are more equal than others, and um, there's obviously one of them, and it, and it got a lot of attention, and, and Google was, was right on it. So basically, the second they, they fixed it, um, you know, within, within just a couple hours of that, the site was, was back up and running, so... Um, and and fully indexed all pages, all that sort of stuff. So you know, nice for them. Um, but uh, but interesting. I mean, I of course really really want to know, and and I probably never will. Would really love to know exactly what the cause of this problem was. But that's more for you know sort of academic interest and to you know probably if if one of my guesses is right, kind of chuckle a little bit and go, well, I guess you learned your lesson there, eh? Um, <laughs> but but that's just sort of the way uh, the way. That the ripoff report's been the bane of online reputation management specialists' existence for about seven years now, like since, since the damn thing mm-hmm. appeared in the first place. Um, Christine, you were you were in the early days or in the early hours on Tuesday suggesting that it might have gotten mauled by Panda, um, and then when it started filtering back into the search, into the search rankings, um, you were suggesting that you know like it being gone, it has crappy content and all that, that it mightn't have been a bad thing anyway. Um, well, um, oh, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, I, no, I didn't think it did get mauled by Panda. I was suggesting it should have been mauled by Panda because of its crappy content. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I figured it was, I thought maybe Google had finally, uh, maybe over legal issues or something, had taken it out at first. Um, so that was, uh, that was what I was hoping had happened. Yeah, well, it's still there, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> but I do think that I do think that it is interesting that um, all the sites that are suffering from the Panda update, that uh, the, it is known that most of the reports on ripoff reports are not accurate. There's hundreds of, if we probably looked into it, probably thousands of legal cases of defamation and libel that have gone on over ripoff reports, that it, it does survive the Panda update so well. <laughs> well, um, again... Uh, uh, you and you and I had this conversation on on Facebook where uh, where I took the position and I it's a loathsome position really. Um, they're protected. They're protected by the First Amendment um, and and subsequent challenges to the First Amendment for bloggers like, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they are protected. My more my more my issue with it is. The ranking, the the fact that they rank like a Wikipedia does when uh, the validity of the information is not verified in any way. Because you can log in uh, there with a fake account through a proxy that can never be tracked. Um, So they don't do anything to verify or validate the information that goes on to that site. 
So then Google, I don't think, should give it the rankings that it does. That's more my issue with it. So quick so. question. In, in the reputation management uh, industry, if you know that there's a bunch of fake uh, critiques of, of one of your clients up at Ripoff Report, is it wrong for you or, or is it okay to create a fake avatar and write other reviews, uh, write better reviews at Ripoff Report? Would that be a black hat thing to do? I guess I'd be more black hat. I'd actually advise a client first to actually pursue the legal method, which would permanently remove it, which mm-hmm. is to go to, to court and get the uh, to get a judge to say that the page is libelous or defamatory. And then when you give that to Google Legal, um, they will actually have the pages removed. Well, you know, speaking of black hat stuff, you're <laughs> in Las Vegas, and you just had a ringside seat at um, DEF CON. And Black Hat. And Black Hat. How was that? Oh, fascinating. I learned everything from how to make a UAV for $6,000, how to Twitter through ham radio and NASA satellites um, when the government shuts your internet down, (laughs) Uh, and down to everything like um, how to uh, hack Chromebooks, um, Android. Someone actually did hack my my, uh, cell phone while I was there. and then uh, down to um, pretty much anything you can think about. But it, it's a very interesting uh, conference because it does suggest to you the infinite number of ways that your digital information is not secure or safe these days, In- including even people can get into your uh, home systems through power lines. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was about to ask, what was the scariest thing you found out at uh at the show, and I think you might have just mentioned it. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't attend that talk, so I cannot tell you the details. I did talk to a guy at a power company, and they are working on uh, removing that ability, however that one works. Um, actually, I thought the scarier thing to me was because of the mass uh, use of it is the Facebook uh, Real ID identification system, uh, where they're working with a, um, a uh, photo facial recognition software company to help them better their algorithm. So uh, a researcher took that same type of software and used it against a, a crowd of people. And I don't know the exact numbers, um, so I'm just giving, like, the guesstimates I remember from the talk. But approximately, like, 30 to 40 percent of the people they were able to identify um, from a random crowd on a college campus uh, from using that facial recognition software. So the idea was they could also backtrack it into, like, a Social Security database system. And using cloud computing, um, they were able to, like, get five of the social, uh, the digits of the social security number of those people um, up to, I believe it was um, up to like tw- between 20 and 30% of the time, depending on the test. But the idea at the end result of all this was the tagging that you do in, fo- in Facebook gives them the information to better the algorithm. So in about five to 10 years, you'll be able to hold an app up to a person um, with your phone. And that augmented reality app will give you all the information that person puts out on the internet about themselves or black hats will be able to put out information such as social security numbers, addresses, phone numbers, things like that. So by these real ID systems like Facebook or G plus where you have to put in only a real name and they're very diligent about it. They are using that information is being used to better systems that better ID people in random groups and in public. Phenomenal. Now um, you say they, they will do this. They will. Um, who's they? Well, I don't know who they're anyway. I wouldn't say from my imagination either. I could tell you from conversations, just generally speaking. Okay. I'll, let you, I'll let you insert who you think they might be. 
But um, uh, in general, also just people who create things like augmented apps. Uh, but you have to imagine if that facial recognition software is out there to the public and that facial recognition software can identify people, that there will be programmers out there that will pull information in about those people. Some will be good and helpful applications and others will be bad and you know negative applications. But if you also think of it down to the level of um, the public safety or privacy, uh, basically that would eliminate both of those we uh, we gotta go to a break for it in a second. Before we do, I got one last question about the hackers conference. Um, what's the level of like paranoia in the hallways there? Actually, the level of paranoia isn't high because most of the guys that are the the top level hackers, you know, the ones who really know what they're doing, they know what they're talking about because they've been in the databases, they've been in the systems, they've been inside the walls of a Facebook or a Google, so they know what they're talking about because they've seen it. So their paranoia isn't there because they know they actually know what they're talking about. So if they say they can hack your Chromebooks, you know that you just got, and they can put down a, a bad app, and that can run through every product that you own by Google, uh, that's because they know they can do it. So um, the paranoia is outside that system because you don't understand the security or the hacks that exist or the how things are secure, how your digital information is being protected or not being protected. But when you attend those conferences, you get a really good idea of the level of security or lack of security that exists on the digital world that we live in. Well, on that, <laughs> I'm going to go hide under my desk. Um, it's it's kinfoil so I'll be good. I just um, while I do that, we're going to be taking a break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. Friends, stay tuned. We'll be back with Christine Chackinger after these messages. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. Hey, it's Mike O'Neill and Lori Rupp, the LinkedIn rock stars. We are ready to rock your world with LinkedIn. Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets. Because I know the secrets, don't I, Mike? Chat with other LinkedIn gurus. We have, we have great guests on our show. Today is no exception at all. And answer your LinkedIn questions. All caps, Mountain Dew, comma space, all little letters, sleep. 
Rock the World with LinkedIn, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Warning, listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm, stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2011. Um, and, uh, well, I guess the, the, the next place to go after talking about the Hackers Conference in Vegas and uh, the government and the internet is probably London. Um, you guys been watching or reading the tweets or seeing the images out of London the last, last week? Uh, I'll jump in here and say, sadly, yes. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, I've got some some friends and some of my favorite clients over in uh, over in the UK and and Wales. Well, I guess Wales is is the UK. Um, and yeah, it, it's just a, a disgustingly sad event. I've seen videos that I wished I hadn't, and um, yeah, really, really unfortunate. London, Birmingham, Manchester, and a number of other places that reporters just aren't bothering to go to are beset by riots. Now, for whatever reason the rioters are out there, the government uh, suggests that they are organizing through social media, using Twitter, Facebook, and they mention specifically BlackBerry Instant Messenger as a means that the rioters have of... uh, disorganizing themselves. So David Cameron is talking about shutting down the social media in Britain, much like um, well, much like Egypt did during the during the Egyptian uprising earlier this year. What do you guys think about that? Uh, well, I mean, I, I obviously have my my problems. I, I understand the logic of it. I view it a lot the in kind of the same way as I view. Um, BlackBerry coming out and saying, "Hey, we're going to work with the authorities here to to try and, you know, pinpoint, you know, help them see what's going on, so that um, we can lock things down and, you know, so they can get to the right people and 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 that sort of thing." Which, um, on the surface, sounds great. Same as shutting down uh, social media. On the surface, it sounds great. Um, at the same time, where I have a problem with it, and, and don't take this as any justification for for its current use over in London, is now what? Like, okay, now we know that precedent's been set, right? I mean, it's different when it's Egypt, it's it, than if it's it's you know sort of London and, and the UK, um, and it'd be the same as you know if BlackBerry's coming out going, hey, we told everybody this is all encrypted and that we couldn't see right. it, but hey, now we help you out. It's what precedent does that now set, and and where else is it going to be used? And you know, if all of a sudden there's minor little uprisings, but not quite that big, but they're happening, and you know, say you know, going back a ways, what would have happened during you know sort of Rodney King? Would that be an okay application to shut down social media? And um, how about during you know, the G20 sort of, in Toronto? There you go. And I mean, it, it, it's it's that precedent that it would then set that this is an well, acceptable the funny thing, thing Dave, for a free they did. society. During, Dave, they did. 
during the G20 in Toronto. They did. In, yeah. in, in, well, in, then in I have a problem with that, too. You couldn't access Twitter, you couldn't access uh, Facebook, and you couldn't do chat. Well, you so know, and it, it also, it also um, shuts down communication for people who are trying to maybe avoid riots, who are trying to communicate with people who are trying to find out if someone's okay. It, it, it can... It shuts down communication in general. Business, it, it shuts them out too. Exactly, and it also further pushes. Um, there's a, a movement outside of um, because of these government shutdowns of social media for a mesh network that would live outside of the ability of a government to shut down the network um, to survive government shutdowns. So they're coming up with methods to to avoid this in the future, but it doesn't really solve any problems. It just gives the perception of control. Um, but then it also shuts down intelligence for the very people who are trying to, let's say, in a riot, maybe trying to keep people safe from the rioters. So I think it's a, just a very bad idea all in, ge- in general, if, even if you take out the, the politics of it. I'm not in London, so I'm not going to speak to the politics of the situation. Indeed. But to see to see the shutdown of a open, free and what's become essential communication source in a Western democracy. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, I get what you're saying, Dave. Um, uh, it's it's a little bit different in a place like Egypt, which is not a Western, or was not at the time a Western democracy. They're, they're striving to be. Um, and seeing it happen, you know, in England, the home of, of uh, our version of Western democracy and civil rights. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's sobering. And knowing it happened here. Uh, last year, um, totally unannounced, unheralded, and you know, after a couple of breathless reports in the newspapers, nobody really cared. Um, it's it, it is it's, it's breathtaking. Um, and again, indeed, uh, indeed. Christine, I'm with you. The stupidity of shutting it down and losing the intelligence the intelligence you get from it um, is it's, it's just asinine. They just don't get it. No, they don't, and it just gives a perception of control. All you've done is shut down one method of communication, but there's still the phone. <laughs> Oh. You know something that ought to be shut down in social media. I'm going to jump. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump channels here quickly. This really pissed me off the other day. The reports that are coming across on Facebook about how Facebook is now making everyone's cell phone number available via friends lists. That's incredible. Uh, so you know, I took a look, and lo and behold, even though I've never entered my own cell phone number on Facebook. I do have a Facebook app on my cell phone. My buddy phone number is available. That's maddening. I didn't want that. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Why does this happen? Why do they? Why do they keep stepping in it on privacy issues and something so obvious? This one is obvious. I personally think because there's a lack of competition, really. I don't think Google places. I mean, Google Plus is really competition for it. And uh, until somebody truly takes on Facebook and competes with them, they'll continue to do these things because people don't really like Facebook. If you look at the satisfaction and trust surveys, um, but they just don't have anywhere else to go. Okay, so Facebook keeps stepping in it because they don't have to care. Right. Exactly. That's my. That's my belief. Um, have, uh, Dave, have, have, have you looked to see if your number is available through other people's phone lists? You know what? I, I actually have, um, which is a funny thing. I, I assumed, cause I, I'd, I'd heard it as like just a tidbit while I was talking to somebody on the phone. 
Um, and I went in and I was like, okay, now you obviously forgot because mine, mine isn't um, in there. Um, but now you're reporting it, going, yours is. Suddenly it makes sense. Yeah, the reason mine wouldn't be in there is I think there's like five people who have it, two of which are on the phone with me or <laughs> on, this, <laughs> on this call right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Facebook app. You've obviously never installed the Facebook app on your uh, on your phone. I actually have. Um, but it obviously is uh, is not not con- it's not concerned with me. I'd say it's because I'm Canadian, but uh, so are you, Jim. So, um, <laughs> you know what I would suggest you know. your number is likely available out there on other people's friends lists. And where are you looking for this? Well, you go to account. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's account settings. And I'm on Facebook now, so I'm trying to walk my own way through it. Um, dun, no, actually, dun, this is how to deactivate it. Um, <laughs> choose, a, choose your friends list. Like, go to your friends list and just take a quick look at what you see. Oh, no. Wouldn't you know it? Now they've removed all those phone numbers. Ah, uh, they got busted. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's good. I gotta tell you, that's actually quite good. Those well, they came out with a denial today. Pardon me? I believe they came out with a denial today. Are we looking at? Um, okay. Facebook came out with a denial. This didn't happen. I think so. I think I read that today. Yes. Did I'll double check though. And see your phone number, Christine. I don't know where to look for it. That's why I was asking. I, honest to goodness, went and saw people's phone numbers listed against friends lists. Oh, that I believe really it. Visible for I, two days. I believe it. <laughs> and now believe, they're saying it didn't happen. I'm not. I believe I saw that, but I have to verify that I saw that because I was just looking through things this morning. Oh, okay. I could. Uh, 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 this, this is the kind of thing that drives me crazy because you know, like sometimes when you live in the virtual world and you see stuff and then it's gone tomorrow and it happens frequently, you like question your own sanity, which I have to do sometimes in the best of time anyway, right? <laughs> and I'm positive I absolutely, really, honest to goodness, saw this, and now Facebook is telling me it never happened in the first place. Snag it. Oh, That's what snag it's for. <laughs> this snag is why crazy. I have all those bad habits. No, no. I mean, I, I do believe it was there because I saw a lot of people posting about it. But um, I just believe I saw a denial, but I could be wrong because uh, I don't remember where I saw it. So. It was there. And <laughs> IT World just wrote about Facebook's phone book fiasco. So, How does, how, how does this work? Um, two legs good, four legs better. Two legs good, four legs better. Four, oh, four legs, two legs bad, four legs good. That's how it started. <laughs> then it got to like you know four legs good, two legs better or something. And uh, Snowball was a jerk the entire time. We've okay, that's Eurasia. Uh, it world wrote about it and how it worked and so screenshots. So you are not wrong. Oh wow, cool! You are not crazy. I, I just always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> They've just been telling us that. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. Oh, thank you. You've um, rescued my sanity for now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. See, that is what I saw. Honest to goodness. And no, um, you saw. 
if we had a chat room I could like post this link into, I would. But unfortunately, the Webmaster Radio site is not up right now. They just need to look for um, IT World, Facebook's phone book fiasco. <laughs> Great name. So, say that yeah. three times fast. <laughs> Facebook, don't say it didn't happen. It happened. Yes, Facebook's phone book fiasco with screenshots. You know, you know who's going to go into the dial next? But like pretty much everything, uh, Google Plus. When's the last time? Quick, quick survey of of, of hands here. <laughs> When's the last time, uh, Christine or Dave, you were on your Google Plus account? Uh, uh I go maybe. like once. Yeah. Go ahead, Christine. Oh, I just say I go like once every couple of days just to check in, but it's yeah. just more work. Yeah. And now. Quick show of hands here. When's the last time you were on your Facebook page? Um, half hour ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I got five monitors, so I just kind of have it open. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Google, so Google Plus is apparently kicking the shit out of Facebook, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love users that. By the way, just to throw out there for people listening so they do are reminded that when you do post on G+, you want to make sure it's not public and you're not commenting on a public post unless you want it indexed in Google because that's where it goes. So, indexed and ranked. Which will be, of course, not used by spammers at all. You know, as it goes into Google+, and it gets indexed, it gets um, measured against your Google profile. It becomes part of your Google profile, in fact. Hmm, I don't now, see spam there's, opportunities. <laughs> there's a suggestion out there that individuals' Google profile to make uh, individual-specific search engine result pages. So, so G Plus will just be SEOs and tech people. <laughs> <laughs> That's who's going to use it. You know... A little while ago, I asked about Facebook and then stepping into the privacy issue. And I guess got to ask this book, Google. They're just stepping into exploitation again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, one day- it, 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 it's not like it's like, you know, a subtle mistake or anything. This is like this big gaping hole. Like like the day that they made Twitter results instantly available in search results. Or I mean, they made tweets instantly available in search results. That was a really fun day. It only lasted one day, mind you, but it was really fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, got, that... I got this whole, I got this whole whole feeling about like Google Plus and Google profiles, and uh, um, well, the uh, tunnel-sized road that's uh, going to be there until suddenly it becomes like one of those tunnels that Wiley e. Coyote smashes into. I, I think they should just give us a stalker, you know, that follows us around all day. It'd be a lot easier. Well, I think it's called called Detroit, though. (laughs) We have one. It's called Google. They gave us it. And the droid. (laughs) Okay, and on that, that, guys, we got to take another break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Friends, it's Thursday, August the 11th, 20 minutes to the hour. So we're going to be rounding out the show with uh, guest Christine Schackinger. Uh, It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. Stay tuned. More Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. 
with over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches. ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Radio's virtual autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm, moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're joined by Christine Schachinger. Hey Christine, am I going to get your name right? Uh, Schachinger, close enough. Thank you. Wow. I was right. It's my, you know. <laughs> Score one for Brasco. We had a debate. He wins. <laughs> hey, I've had boyfriends who couldn't pronounce it, so it's okay. <laughs> Look, uh, again, um, I have the, I probably actually have the record at the station, if such records are kept, um, for most mispronunciations um, for a show <laughs> Again, Smith Smythe. Um, we should do that, Brasco. Actually, we should keep stats, just like a baseball team does. It could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Too much work with you, Jim. <laughs> That's what the interns are for. Um, okay, okay. But, but, but where are we going now? Uh, what do you guys want to do? You know what? I, I'm going to pipe in here with my, my... Sorry? Oh. Well, I got, I got, I got two I, things gonna... on my list. I got Motorola, Motorola threatening Android with patents, and the FTC investigation into Google. You guys got anything else? Where shall we? Uh, well, let's let's. Where shall we start? There's there are a couple other uh, couple other things here, but uh, let's start uh, let's start with FTC. That's I, I always love laws. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, these laws have been in existence for quite a while. Um, they're the antitrust laws, and the FTC is on this perpetual investigation of Google. Everyone wants to investigate Google's business practices. Um, the FTC last, launched an investigation uh, late last spring, late this spring, sorry, and it's recently come to light what they're kind of searching for. Um, as it turns out, the FTC investigation is centering on, on Android and the potential of them blocking competitors' services on their phones and preferential placements for Google Places, shopping results, and financial data in uh, Google search results. Google themselves says, huh? I don't know. Really? Um, the FTC says, yeah, really. What do you guys think? Um, you know, I, I think, and, and I think almost all all businesses, if if we really look at ourselves, can can operate under under this this same you know different different applications. But if you look close enough at any one thing, especially an organization the size of Google, you're going to find something. Like, do I think that the FTC will find something here, something that they can go, hey, and and here's why, because because Google is doing something a little awry here. Um, I think that they will find it. Um, there, there's going to be evidence to it. Um, on, on the the Web Pro News article that that I was reading up on this first, um, you know, they they note that Google Places and business listings and shopping results and Google Finance showing up above above most others. You you can make that argument. Um, you can also make the argument that well, Google just has a, an incredibly strong website, and so their algorithms picking it up that way. Right, that, that it's yeah. not an actual purposeful thing. It's just that they rank sites and they rank how strong those sites are. And lo and behold, on just a pure level playing field kind of perspective, Google's sites are incredibly strong. And so thus, they rank. So it's going to be a weird thing to watch this play out as, as the FTC is, is trying to prove that, no, they're, they're skewing their results. And then Google, without actually saying, hey, here's the secret sauce, is going to have to counter with, no, our algorithm just picks it up that way. Hey, take a look at our site. There, it's incredibly strong. Of course, it shows up this way in, in in the results. So it's going to be a really tough thing. And I think Google, whenever these things happen, is going to be really, really hard pressed, um, and, and really be be trying to fight with one arm tied behind their back because their biggest counterpoint would be to actually go, "Here's the algorithm that does that." But of course, they can't do that. Um, and, and so it's going to be a really, really odd sort of battle to see, but. You know that the Google lawyers are well-equipped to, to deal with this sort of stuff now. And, you know, at State of the Economy, they've probably got more money than the FTC. <laughs> so um, I think their lawyers would be just fine. You know Apple does. <laughs> Christine, what about you? I mean, seriously, is, is, is Google, like, treading in antitrust territory or what? Or is this what they, just what they do? Um. It depends. I mean, I think when it comes to just regular rankings, I think it's just probably what Dave said. You know, they're Google, so <laughs> they have a good site and they know the algorithm. <laughs> but when it comes to, I mean, so they know how to match. Even if they don't have the specifics, they, they still know how to, to rank against it. But um, when it comes to some of the other things that they've been doing, um, and right now the actual areas escape me, but I think it's like travel would be one of the bigger areas. Um, when it comes to things like that and the intended, what I've heard the intended plans of that are, or um, when it comes to, uh, I think it was in 
there was a time, and I don't, I haven't seen it lately in results, but I don't think I'm in those areas where they had comparison, you know, the comparison shopping yeah. um, engines. Um, I think that does start to play into uh, into antitrust territory because then they're marketing a product as opposed to just ranking in the search results. You know, they're, yeah, they're is, funneling. I see it as such a tough argument. I mean, like, is Google a private business or a public utility? Um, does the responsibility of a private business change when it becomes the agora, the the, the public square? Um, it's a it's a really tough question. I mean, like, quick. Let me let me ask both of you, webmaster to webmaster question. If you have to choose an article to, uh, you know, if, you, if you're choosing a, a blog post uh, as an example, and you know you wrote an article about it. Uh, three weeks ago, do you choose the article from your blog, perhaps, and get that extra link? Well, of course you do. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. Well, now imagine Google's like that, except they're massive. Oh, and by the way, they did design this Google Places thing to, you know, produce a map and a set of listings and correspond the listings with the map, and then it just makes sense to throw a whole bunch of aggregate information around each listing and you know, eventually you just built this machine that is, you know, relying on other people's data, but it's acting as it's supposed to, you know, when it presents augmented search results to the individual. Is that antitrust? You know, I mean, ask.com doesn't feel very good about what Google does, nor does Yelp, but is Google really suppressing either? By yeah, I mean, the, the thing is... Well, that that's the thing is is Google's needing to provide these services to people because people want them, and of course Google's going. Well, we would rather you stayed with us, and so to to try and tell them you know, you can't optimize it. Well, I mean, I understand that yes, it'd be you'd get into antitrust if if you know the person who is desire the people who are designing the algorithm came over and said here's exactly what to do. But to say you know we understand links are important and hey we can get it like a you know page rank ten over here. Well. Okay, so they shouldn't pay any attention to the core rules that all three of us and most of our listeners are doing are, are paying attention to. Of course, they have to. Um, they just have a much much stronger base to work with than you know anybody else. Did you guys notice that uh, profits? I don't. Know, this is actually, believe it or not, on topic. Um, I read an article the other day. Profits at AOL are actually were 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 up quite a bit last quarter. Now, AOL stock is still taking a beating, uh, mostly because it's AOL. But, yeah. um, but their stock was up quite a bit. And uh, then I got thinking about uh, Simon Heseltine. Simon Heseltine. Um, beloved member of the SEO community and um, director of SEO over at AOL. And he has this really cool content network called the Huffington Post he gets to play with. <laughs> Just a little and thing. Just, yeah, just this little <laughs> content network known as the Huffington Post. Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> now, naturally, <laughs> he is, you know, using the massivity. Is that massivity? Is that really a word? It should be. The massivity it is now. Of, the, of the Huffington Post to promote other sections of, of AOL. Um you can see this if you look at the Huntington Post. There's 
bunches of links leading into AOL properties now. So is that wrong? Because that's essentially what I see Google doing. What was the last part? I'm sorry. What is that wrong? No, I mean, the question doing over at AOL, which is like, you know, just the common sense SEO linking strategy on a massive scale. Is that wrong? Because that's what I see Google doing, essentially. I mean, you know, no, no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I see you know, I, promote their content. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, heck, yeah, I was just I noticed that I was reading his article on on the London riots. Just I think it was yesterday when I was reading them, or, or reading it. And I mean, it's 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 what you do. I mean, you know, again, it's it's as as I mentioned with Google, you can't go, you know, hey Simon, I know I know you're an SEO and and you know head of SEO over there, but uh, we and, and and you're publishing over here, but you know, don't 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 do the SEO thing. Like, <laughs> no, you can't. You, you can't do that. So. Oh, you know what? I just got disappointing news. Studio just like puts this thing up. I hope it was like, oh, that was almost two minutes ago too, saying we had two minutes. Because uh, actually, we're on we're on serious hard time this week because we're followed by the return of SEM Synergy. So Bruce Clay, Virginia Nasi, and Susan Esperanza are back on WebmasterRadio.fm with uh, with the revised SEM Synergy, which is coming up. Following Webcology every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 12 noon Pacific time. That's kind of cool. We're uh, we're the opening band for Bruce Clay now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Not how my business plan was written, but anyway, that's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brasco, what what? How much time do we really got? Honestly. One minute. <sighs> well, Motorola's threatening Google with patent applications, but you're not going to get to find out about it because Bruce Clay wants his radio time. <laughs> <laughs> Christine, uh, Christine Sashinger, thank you so much for joining us on, uh, uh, especially at the last second here on Webcology. This was a really fun show. we got to do conversations more often. Yes, definitely. I had a good time. Thank you for having me. Okay, well, on behalf of Christine and on behalf of Dave Davidson from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You can listen to WebCology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Friends, stay tuned. you got another hour of fun radio with SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay, Virginia Nassi, and Susan Esperanza. Coming up next, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>